Thank you for listening to this recent message from the Rescue Church. We pray that God will use this message to encourage, challenge, and inspire you on your faith journey. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com. He is risen. I am glad you are here with us this week celebrating that. We love Easter Sunday and what we get to celebrate, the hope that comes with Easter. Uh, Welcome again. I am glad you are here. I'm glad that you've taken time to join us on this Easter Sunday. If you uh, want to comment in the comment section there on Facebook, please do so. It would be great to hear from you. We'd love to communicate with you. And uh, this would be a great time also to hit the share button and invite your friends. There is a lot of hope in today's message And I would love for your friends to be able to hear that with us. And so this would be a great time to share that. So this is an Easter unlike many that we've experienced, unlike I've ever had in my lifetime, probably unlike what you've had in your lifetime. And I I think the message today is going to be one of hope. But before we get to that, I got something fun I want to do. We did something fun last week where we invited adults to participate by by hitting share and commenting, and we ended them in a drawing for an Easter bag. We're going to do something similar for our kids this week, and it looks like this. We we have all of this candy right here. It's it's M&M's, it's Cadbury cream eggs, it's some other candy. Anyway, all this candy right here, what we want you to do, kids, is we want you to guess how many pieces of candy are in this jar right here. You guess how many there are, and the closest person wins. If there's a tie, the closest person that didn't go over will win. Parents, here's how you can help your kids. What you need to do is in the comment section, you need to either write their first name or their first initial, something that lets us know who they are so that we're able to pick a winner. So in my family's case, I would have Miriam's guess, Micah's guess, and Kirti's guess. Um, and, and every one of your kids can participate. Uh, they don't have to, but they certainly can, and they can be a part of this. Uh, later today, or at the very latest tomorrow, we will do a Facebook Live where we will announce who the winner is of the candy. And don't worry, it's not this candy. It's not this candy that, that's been touched already and all. It's t- candy that is, and stuff that is individually wrapped It's in a different gift bag. We'll make sure that we get it to the winner. Uh, You can guess anytime between now and noon. You have between now and noon or or whenever this video goes off, you have to get that guess entered on the comment section there. And parents, like I said, don't worry. They're getting candy that hasn't been touched, hasn't been handled as well. So uh, you can be confident in that. All right. I hope you have fun with this. I hope it's something, kids, that you enjoy today and uh, helps to make this service a little bit more interesting and fun for you. Uh, It's great to have you here, kids. We are so thankful that you're joining us on this Easter Sunday. All right, we're going to jump into the message here in just a second. But before we do, I think it's important that we pray and truly ask that God would, uh, would encourage us and speak to us through the message. God, we're thankful for today. We're thankful for the hope that comes on Easter Sunday. God, I'm thankful for every person that's watching, wherever they're watching from, whether it's across the ocean or here in Moody County or throughout the U.S. 
wherever it might be, God, I'm thankful for the people that you have brought to us. God, I ask, uh, I beg you that you would speak today, that it wouldn't be Sam's words, but God, that it would be your words, that, that people would hear what you want them to hear, that they would be challenged where they need to be challenged, they'd be encouraged where they need to be encouraged, God, because of your word and because of how you speak through your spirit today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, recently I had someone say that it is likely you will go through at least one crisis per decade of your life. As I think through my life, there have been a variety of different crises that, that I've experienced. I'm going to highlight a few for you. Uh, we'll start back in the 80s. In the 80s, there was interest with, or issues with interest rates uh, and farm issues and ag issues and, and milk having to be dumped. There was a lot of issues there, and people lost farms. In the early 90s, there was a recession. As we got into 2001, we had terror sweep the U.S. as planes crashed into World Trade Center towers. In 2008 through 2010, we had the housing crisis. It impacted many people. People lost jobs. People lost money. People lost their homes. It was devastating. And now we're here in 2020, and we're dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic. There are others for sure, but these are five that have significantly impacted me and my family. And my guess is that these and others have impacted you. The reality is, sometimes life is hard. Sometimes it's really hard. And Jesus was no stranger to the hard times. We can look at a variety of things from his time here on earth, and even his time as a little child at two years old or less, when his family had to escape to Egypt to avoid his execution. This past week, we call Holy Week. The celebration typically starts on Sunday before Easter, and we remember Jesus' entry into the city. We remember him riding a donkey, people laying palm branches in the streets, people singing his praises and shouting his praises. And then we get to Thursday, and we're reminded of Jesus' last supper. He's sitting with his disciples, his chosen twelve, like we talked about in the kids' message. Jesus washes, washes their feet. He then has a meal with them. It is during that meal that he predicts that one of them will betray, that, but betray him. And he tells Peter that Peter will deny that he even knew Jesus. Now, I've been a part of some pretty interesting meals, but this one has to take the cake. Later that night, Jesus goes off to pray, and he prays that if there's any other way to bring this new covenant that is supposed to come through his death on the cross, if there's any other way that God can bring that forgiveness, that God would do it. Yet in that same prayer, he says, he's willing. Whatever God wants, he wants to do. He's willing to do it. After he's finished praying, Jesus is with some of his disciples. When one of them, the, the one that, one of those that was in his, his 12, his chosen 12, shows up to betray him. He hands him over to the people who will eventually have him executed and killed. Stabbed in the back by his closest friends, I'm sure there is a sermon in that somewhere. I'm sure others of us have experienced that when our friends have done things that have hurt us 
But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to keep going. Jesus' night continues as he is taken, mocked, laughed at, and not even acknowledged by one of his closest friends, not even acknowledged by Peter. Friday starts with his trial. He is eventually condemned to death and put on the cross. And there's so much that can be talked about with that, that series of events leading up to the crucifixion. But in the interest of time, we're not going to do that. We're going to keep moving forward. Now, Jesus is up on the cross. He's been executed despite the fact that he did absolutely nothing wrong. We're told at noon, the sun stops shining. The curtain in the temple that closed off the holiest of holies is torn in half. Jesus yells out with a loud voice, and then he dies. At this point, let's, let's read Luke 23, 47 to 48. It says this. It says, When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what had happened, he worshipped God and said, Surely this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. Jesus was dead, and many of those that had witnessed it immediately realized that this was not a good thing. I can only begin to imagine how they were feeling. That centurion was simply following orders he had been given, but he was part of executing an innocent man. There's no record indicating that the people watching were even defending him at his trial. In fact, there's no, no record that anybody defended him at his trial. But now they saw, as they watched, that a, an innocent person was wrongfully executed. Jesus' body is taken down and put into a tomb. And as I understand it, these tombs had like a, a bench or a table in them. Uh, the bodies were put on that bench, that, that table, to be embalmed. They, they would then wrap them up, cover them with perfume so that they didn't sting quite as bad. And then the bodies were left there to decompose. Once the body was fully de decomposed, the bones were all gathered together and stored in little cubbies or, or shelves. It was by doing this that they were able to fit more family members into a single tomb. And then the next person that died would get put on that bench, embalmed, so that they too could be moved for the next person. There were several of, of Jesus' friends, several women, that wanted to prepare Jesus for that burial. But that Sabbath was beginning Friday night. And they knew that they couldn't, they couldn't touch a dead body and they couldn't be working on the Sabbath. So instead of preparing his body, these women went back home and decided to come back on Sunday. What a hard Saturday that must have been. They had just lost a close friend in a gruesome and unfair manner. On top of this, some believed he was the Messiah, the Christ, he was the one that was supposed to usher in this new era. But that couldn't be true because he was dead. But this was only Saturday, and Sunday was coming. Luke 24, 1-8 tells us this. It says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. 
While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Jesus' earthly suffering had ended. He had risen. There were so many things that we can take away from the days of Jesus' life, these, these last days on earth. But I want to hit on two of them. Yet for the sake of time today, we're only going to cover one. We'll get back to the next one next week. Let's take a look at something Jesus said shortly before he was executed. He was talking with his friends, the disciples, and telling them about what was going to happen. And then he says this in John 16, 33. He says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. I have told you these things so that in you or in me, you may have peace. I'd probably have jumped in right there and said something like, wait a minute. You're telling me all about the things that are going to happen, your execution, the fact that you're leaving us, the fact that we're going to be scattered. Us 12 that have hung out for the last three years are going to be scattered. Our world is going to be chaotic and everything is in chaos. And you're going to tell us that there's going to be peace? And yet that's what he said. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Did you catch that? Jesus tells us that life isn't going to be all gumdrops and lollipops. It isn't all health and wealth gospel stuff. Just because we love Jesus and follow him, we aren't guaranteed an easy life. In fact, if we take a look at the life of Jesus, he didn't have an easy life. He never sinned, and yet his life wasn't easy. He flat out says, you will have trouble. And don't we know it? The coronavirus isn't a laughing matter. People are dying. Jobs are being lost. Businesses might be headed towards bankruptcy. Stress, anxiety, depression are real. Just this last Friday, I was preparing to, to sell an old computer that I have to someone. Uh, I was going to meet up with them and, and give it to them. And we, they were going to pay me for it, of course. And, and uh, then I got this message. It said this, it said something to the effect of, I drive for Lyft. I just found out that I gave a ride to a person that works at Smithfield Foods, where COVID-19 is spreading fast and furious. I need to self-quarantine. Do you think that person wasn't dealing with stress, fear, the thought of loss of income since they made their income driving for Lyft? They certainly have trouble in their life. Probably some worry and anxiety too. Now let's look back at Jesus' words. He says, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. To quote Judd Wilhite, he said this, he said, God's peace is not dependent on our situation. That's right, God's peace is not dependent on our situation. He has prepared a way. It's because of who God is. We can have peace because we will get through this. Jesus has conquered all of the bad and all of the evil in the world. He has prepared a way for you and a way for me. 
He prepared a way for us. We know we will get through it. And if we know Jesus is our Savior, we don't have to fear what could happen. We can have peace. I can have peace. You can have peace. Knowing that if the worst happens and we die, it truly isn't the worst because I will be in heaven with Jesus. I will be in heaven with my Savior. I won't become an angel. I won't stop existing. I will be in heaven with my Savior. That is peace. Friend, knowing that if something terrible happens to me or something terrible happens to you that results in our death, even if all that happens, we get to be in heaven with God for all of eternity. That should be comforting. Jesus defeated this world. He defeated the grave. He overcame all of it. Do you have peace today? Man, I pray, I truly pray that you do. I know life isn't easy. I know things are hard. In addition to coronavirus, there's, there's cancer, there's divorce, there's loss of loved ones. But you can still have peace. Now, I want to be sure I throw a quick disclaimer in here. Well, I 100% believe that God, through His Spirit, gives peace. 100% believe it. I'm not saying that that depression and mental illness aren't real. They truly are. And, and just like I would expect you to seek treatment when you're physically sick or physically injured, I would also expect you to do the same for mental illness. I know God can miraculously heal mental illness just like He can miraculously heal a broken bone or a sickness. That He doesn't need a doctor or modern medicine. But at the same time, I know that often He uses doctors, and modern medicine to bring healing. So, if you are struggling with depression or mental illness, I would encourage you, yes, seek God. Absolutely, first and foremost, seek God. But please, don't be afraid to seek help. There's nothing, nothing to be ashamed of in seeking help for a mental illness or for depression. I just... I felt I needed to encourage that here as we talk about peace. Christian, if you're struggling right now, let me encourage you to refocus on Jesus. Maybe it's reaching out to Him and, and telling Him that you're struggling. Maybe it's getting in your Bible or spending time meditating. Maybe you have gotten so focused on things that matter in the world that you've lost your focus on Christ. Maybe that dream job or career is slipping away. Maybe you're scared you aren't going to be able to afford all of the things you always have had. I get it. I, I truly get it. Whatever you need to do, Christian, whatever you need to do to draw close to Him, I would say do it. And don't forget, as Christians, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you if you know Jesus as your Savior. I have the Holy Spirit living inside me because I know Jesus as my Savior. That's right. That is God living inside of us. He's right there with us to do a number of things, including to bring comfort and to encourage. Christian, Sunday is coming. You will get through whatever hard time you're going through we will get through this coronavirus epidemic. I can guarantee it. 
And for you as a Christian, I can absolutely promise you that the best is yet to come. Now, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, there is a good chance that you don't have peace. You certainly, certainly don't have the peace that I'm talking about, but, but you can. See, today can be your day of salvation. It's simple, but not necessarily easy. It's simple because you simply need to accept God's gift, that gift of salvation that came from him sending his son to die on the cross, that gift of forgiveness that's made possible through Jesus' perfect life and death and then resurrection. That resurrection that we celebrate today. Tell God today that you know that you are a sinner, that you know that you have done things that don't please him. Tell him that you need his forgiveness and that you know it's only available through Jesus' death on the cross. I say it won't be easy necessarily, because if you haven't made this decision yet, it's likely because there's some battle going on in your mind. There's some reason you haven't chosen to trust Him as your Savior. You're thinking of all the reasons that, that you don't think God can forgive you, possibly. Maybe you're thinking of all the bad things that you've done. Or maybe... Maybe you're struggling with whether or not God truly even exists. Or maybe you're afraid of what some friends or family members might say if you make that decision. This may not be an easy decision, but I promise you, I promise you, if you do it today, it will change your life. You will have a peace that only comes through Jesus, a peace that comes because he beat sin and the grave. Because we can take heart because he has overcome the world. If you need to know more about what it looks like to make that decision, I'd encourage you to reach out to us, office at therescuechurch.com. Message us in the comment section. Send us a direct message. We'll follow up with you. We want you to experience the peace that, that God promises. We want you to experience the hope that comes from a relationship with Jesus. We want you to be able to celebrate what we truly celebrate today in Easter, that Jesus rose from the grave 2,000 plus years ago, conquering sin, conquering death, so that we can have peace in a relationship with him. Let's pray. God, I thank you for Easter. I thank you for the hope that is represented in Easter. I thank you for the, the peace that you passed, you, that you promised us years ago, many years ago. I, that peace that you talked to your disciples about before you had even died on the cross. A peace that, that is beyond our understanding. God, I pray today that in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, I pray, God, that you would bring peace, that those of us who know you would experience a peace, a peace that doesn't make sense, a peace that no one can understand, but a peace that comes through your spirit living inside of us. And God, I pray for those right now that are connected with us that don't know you. 
the people that are struggling for whatever reason with making that decision. God, I pray today would be their day of repentance. I pray, God, today would be the day that they realize that they need a relationship with you. That they would realize that that you are not a God that's sitting up on your throne ready just to lord everything over them, but instead, God, that you are a God who loves them, a God who cares about them. Yes, a God that gives peace. God, my prayer would be that they would that they would know you, that anyone wrestling with that today would choose to put their faith and their hope in you, the God who loves us so much that you sent your one and only Son, Jesus, to die on a cross more than 2,000 years ago. Thank you for Easter. Thank you for the hope that is in Easter. Thank you that Jesus rose again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's been great worshiping with you on Easter. I know it's not like any of us would have expected, but I'm glad that you chose to be with us today. I'm glad you chose to celebrate with us on Easter Sunday. Before you go, before we hang up, before you hit end and shut your computer or or escape or whatever it is, I would encourage you, hang on. We're going to have some announcements. They'll be playing on the slides here after me, and uh, you'll get a chance to know what's going on here in the life of the Rescue Church. Happy Easter, everyone. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Rescue Church's past messages. To hear our messages live, head to one of our physical campuses. If you'd like to learn more about the Rescue Church, please visit us online at therescuechurch.com.